Welcome everyone, this is Glenda Dawson and I have Moon Girl here with me and you're watching The Paranormal Dolls. Oh. Uh, how are you today, honey? I'm great, how are you? I'm really excited about our amazing guest, uh, so Mr. Am <laughs> so am I. So, um, yes, so with that being said, why don't we just introduce him and let him tell us all about him. Sean, welcome. Yes, thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. So tell us about yourself. Gosh, well, <laughs> um, I've been investigating the paranormal for over 14 years now. Um, I believe I got involved in the paranormal by mistake. I was triggered by a friend of mine who was waitering at a restaurant with myself. He was very super skeptical and decided to take him out to a cemetery to have him have an experience. And instead of that, while he's laughing the entire night, I got my first experience of a little girl's voice on a recording of my first EVP, which I would actually refer to as my trigger into the paranormal. Um, listening to all the recordings I had on my phone, flip phone, before we had smartphones. Um, and about two, three weeks later, I saw a shadow little girl at the corner of my bed. And that was just the beginning into the rabbit hole, so to speak, of the paranormal. I started going out to cemeteries, just even with the recorder. And, and I get a spirit box or a K2 meter. And I just I started to like have a lot of experience. I think in that process, I had a spiritual awakening, um, which kind of led to all these experiences that I had very quickly um, that been, I, I believe than your average person. And it, it led to me actually having, uh, being on a podcast, someone asked me to be on a podcast and then host a podcast with them. And then I did my own podcast. It led me to meet my mentor in demonology with uh, Ralph Sarchi, who was the inspiration for the 2014 um, film, Deliver Some Evil with Eric Bana. And then I was on the first TV uh, project I ever was on, The Demon Files, which aired on Discovery Plus, which is now on, uh, was on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. Um, and um, from there, I published my first book and traveling the country and just it kind of just flared up from there. And here I am all these years later with uh, just can't I can't believe everything that's happened up to this point. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we go further, um, what's the name of the book? Your first book? My first book is called Shadow Chaser. And the second one's Shadow Chaser at the in-between. But interesting enough is that I didn't just come up with a random name to the book. Is that a good friend of mine showed my picture to a psychic that she really believes in her abilities and showed my picture to this individual. And uh, not knowing me, she looked at the picture and said, he's a shadow chaser. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And she said that he's meant to take shadows and send them back to where they belong. And I thought that was pretty uh, profound. And that's literally why I call my books that. Very nice. Amazing title. <laughs> Amazing title. I love it. Yeah. Now um, you are also on Netflix. You had a show on there, Twenty Days Haunted. You want to tell us how you got involved in it and a little bit about the show for those who haven't seen it yet? Uh, yeah, I was contacted on social media with a talent agent about a new project. Um, like it's happened with other TV shows, been contacted, and uh, you know it's kind of strange how that all happened. But looking back at all, I just I was definitely believe I was meant to be there, considering my experience. Um, on the show that went a lot further than you actually did see on the Netflix show that I actually did make a video. If you're not aware, um, just type in mercy 28 days haunted. It tells a whole 20 minute story of 
um, my connection to the female spirit while I filmed the 28 Days Haunted Netflix show, um, how it went really to the next level with what I experienced with this lady, how emotional it was. And I even did a music video um, and a song that I ended up writing, which um, I believe I have evidence of the, the spirit of this lady knowing about the song and her even humming the melody to it. Mm, wow. Now, where can we find that song? Uh, on YouTube, just type in Mercy 28 Days Haunted. And I did like a 20 minute video where you see evidence you didn't see on the show. You hear about the story. And then at the end, you see uh, the music video. And then her EVP of her humming the melody to the song that I came up with is literally in the background. It's part of the song. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So can you tell us where they had you to uh, go? Because, I mean, um, I know they made you go to one place that you weren't, you've never been to before. So how did that play out? Yeah, it's kind of funny that, like, I ended up randomly moving to Connecticut um, somewhere in the beginning of the crazy year of 2020. Um, and I, when everyone was hiding in their homes and stuff, I was, I was looking for all sorts of places to go investigate. Cause I'm like, I get really cabin fever. And it's kind of funny is that captain grants, like I knew about it, it was in the background. It was like, yeah, one day I want to go there and check it out. It's like one of those places, but thankfully I never did. Um, I never did go to the place and obviously doing the show and coming out of the car in a blindfold um, and then seeing like, you know, where are we? And then we start to uncover, um, you know, where we were at. Um, it was definitely a unique experience. Um, but that place is very fascinating. The, those own, the owners of that place are fabulous, super sweet people. Um, now that I've been there multiple times because I've done a couple of public events there. It's just there's so much energy inside that place and around it and it's literally the proximity to the property on one both sides there's cemeteries um there's just a you know just a lot going on there i think there always will be stuff going on there and obviously the interest of the people of why they're going there in the first place is really to delve into the paranormal and engage spirits so i think that element's always going to be a part of that property but while we were there i definitely believe that um mercy adelaide was trapped there and i do believe i, I was able to help her from my from my belief and my experiences of what ended up happening. Um, but, um, and that's what I take out of that experience is, and I think that's what made it special is to have to stay at a place for so long. And now I've actually done investigations like that, where I've stayed at a place for like a week. I mean, I've spent seven days at like some really creepy places in a row, like Willow's Weep, you know, or Bel Air House. Uh, but, you know, you're able to leave and go have dinner and have a beer with your friends and have it be in a social environment and that kind of escape from it, even though it is draining, as we know, right. um, people in the paranormal, it's what it can do to you. But there was no escape. We couldn't leave the property and I had no contact with anybody that I was friendly with or cared about. And I was in a property with two, you know, gentlemen that I was never met. And these two guys knew each other for 12 years let alone they were two skeptical people. So I had to kind of just, you know, play along and make the best out of that. And, but also knowing with my knowledge about demonology and, and, and spirits that are negative and what they can do to you on an emotional, psychological level and spiritual, you know, some of that divisiveness will start to happen and people, you know, acting differently. And, and, and again, the isolation and um, how we were there and that's all we were doing. I mean, there's so much more that that happened in that show than you actually see on what they showed you. I mean, that whole entire show is three teams and three locations and the entire seasons, I think is like three and a half hours. We were there 
for the 28 days. Like mm. we were there. I mean, like I didn't even think I could investigate anymore. It wouldn't matter if I had eight hours of sleep. And once we started investigating during the day, like I would be slurring my words. I felt like I was drunk. Um, mm. It was so draining, but also it was helping my abilities. I would, there were so many different like paths to the investigation on the property and different stories that I was tapping into and what we were picking up with the investigative stuff that we were doing. Like it could have went into so many different directions, but the way they had it set it up is that these were basically, you know, 15 minute episodes. And it's like, I don't know, maybe the show maybe should have been called 28 uh, minutes haunted rather than 28 days haunted. <laughs> and you guys, uh, you weren't allowed to use your phones either. So you weren't even allowed to call your families, right? No, 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 no. It was, it was brutal. It was brutal. Um, but again, I see the value of that because of what I experienced. Mm -hmm. I think being in a place that long and separating from the normal social, mm -hmm. you know, encounters that we have that kind of set, you know, the isolation really taps into the potential of how you can connect with some of the, you know, the, the spirits that are on the property. Um, it, Cause I really felt like I was one of the earthbound souls that were on the property. I mean, think about the souls that were there and they couldn't leave themselves. And that kind of gives this, relatability to them wanting to connect to you. And I would have vision of, of, of what I believe to Mer Mercy Adelaide at the, at the corner of my bed and, and sit there and, and watching me and just picking up on that emotion every day and her connecting with me on such a level that just had this emotional explosion one night that I literally just started sobbing. I couldn't stop mm -hmm. crying what she was showing me psychically and then finding out that, you know, on the recording, because I literally sat there. I'm like, I had this realization that I literally started to hear the chords of I I brought my guitar with me at the location and, you know, because of downtime when they told me that I'm going to be a part of it and it happened really quick and last minute, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm going to be sitting here. I'm not, I'm not going to have any outlet at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was a musician and singer. That's my first passion. I brought my guitar with me and I started coming up with songs on my own outside in the backyard and, on the bench or inside the house, just humming melodies. It's on one of the songs was really haunting. And um, I, I felt as if she wrote these notes to her captain. Um, I could hear these words in my head and said, I save your lips with the breath of each day. Life is enduring without you. The wind is my only company. And this is when I was in front of her grave. And I told everyone is like, you know, this haunting song that I came up with that I've been humming the melody around the house. I'm like, I'm going to write that song when I go home and finish it because living this every day and being a part of this story with her, it's like, as the emotion just built, built and built within me and her connecting to me, um, I felt this deep connection with it. Um, overall, um, this moment out of nowhere, when I'm sitting on the chair now, again, it's unfortunate you don't see any of this. Cause I think it may, it may have been one of the most talked about experiences on the show. Cause it's very unique to what happened is that mm -hmm. I literally, I say out loud, I'm like, oh my God, she knows that I, I wrote a song. I'm going to be writing a song. She knows the song. I could hear the chords of the acoustic that I had come up with in my head. It was playing inside my head psychically. And to go on a recording the next morning to figure out right before you hear me say that she's humming the melody to the song that I came up with in perfect key to my guitar. Mm. Um, that is just so astounding, so insane um you know that kind of just put me on a whirlwind uh, of a spin of you know making me so emotional and that's really why i put flowers in front of her grave is like i don't care about these cameras anymore i don't care 
about this show. I knew I know that this connection with this spirit was more important than any of that. And that'll be a part of like, you know, my lectures for the rest of my life because it was just so unique. It's beautiful. It's sad all at once. I mean, the power of love, how it can actually translate from living a life here, but still in the afterlife. And this lady was in there saying, I'm here without her without her captain and she was still dealing with that heartache it's so mm. profound on so many levels and we connected and i felt those decades of heartaches with her um which made me so emotional but also so inspired to do what i did and write that song and that's why i called the song mercy because it also has dual meaning about stop the pain and i, I took the first line of the song um what of what i believe she wrote to him and melded with my own lyrics um so but again you can watch that story just type in 28 days haunted uh, Mercy and watch that um, extra mini documentary and the music video that I dedicated to her and my connection with her. Now, uh, really quick, for those who don't know the history of the location, can you kind of like briefly tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the main thing was that um, it was called Captain Grants. There was a captain of a ship um, that married this woman and it was the love of her life. And one day he just got up on a ship and he never came home. And in those days, you never knew if he would come home today, tomorrow, or never at all. Mm -hmm. And just like the visions I would have of her, she'd just sit there looking out the window, just at the chance that she'd see him like returning, come walking towards mm -hmm. the, the property. Um, the, the loss of her captain, I felt like she was still, we have her on recordings and her voice saying, I'm here without my captain, as if she was, was still waiting there for him in in an earthbound soul state um which is just so you know <laughs> i can't even fathom something like that um but um I, I really i feel like that i feel like she reunited with him um with everything i experienced um it's just very very uh very emotional but again i'm very thankful for that experience um the way that ended up um going there last minute and, and, and being a part of that and leading to that. It sounds very profound, very profound. And the fact that you wrote that song could have helped her in uniting with him and finally going maybe to, you know, into the light as people say. Well, yeah, I mean, on the show I did pray for her and I got validation with the spirit box that she got help. and. Um, you know, the day the, which I talk about in the little mini documentary thing on YouTube is that the day that she, um, the day the Netflix show came out, I was dozing off on the couch and I had this vision of this woman in a green dress and she gave me a curtsy. And, you know, when you see psychic visions, it's kind of blurry. looks like a bad documentary. I just knew, I just knew in that moment that that was her. She was saying, thank you, you know, and she, all of a sudden this guy was like twirling her around um and and put you know held her up in his arms and i had such a good feeling um and that actually was the second time i had that happen the first time i saw the girl the girl with the, the curtsy was the night i had the last mix of the song from the producer sent to me i sat there with my headphones and that that was when i the, the lady gave me a curtsy in the green dress and then the show came out and then i saw this she kind of go up with this gentleman and he spun her around his arm and then put her put her up in his arms and I, I just knew that she was telling me thank you for giving a voice to my story and I'm happy now um, but also there was there were some other weird strange circumstances that somehow I'm connected to the story and I'll, I'll mention them really quickly is that 
when I decided to do a music video for the song to give a visual, you know, my buddy who's a filmmaker director who I do a lot of the documentaries for, he actually lives in Wilmington, North Carolina, and he lives like right by the beach. So I'm thinking like you do, I'll fly down there. We'll film something by the beach to put it together nice and easily. So I go down there and my, my filmmaker buddy doesn't really know much about the story. So I'm looking up on the internet and I discover something that I, I never even knew is that Captain Grant allegedly shipwrecked only three hours away from where I was in the ocean in North Carolina off Cape wow. Hatteras. Yeah. Just yeah. like, that's just weird. Yes. <laughs> and then like, I realized that Captain Grant, when he built the house in 1754, he said this announcement, which is on the documentary, the little mini documentary I did. Um, he said, God bless my family, this and that, watch over us. And, and I think in the uh, conclusion of building the home in 1754 on February 13th, that's my birthday. Wow. <laughs> Team Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like signs like that that mm -hmm. I, you, know, you just can't ignore for for people like ourselves that are spiritually endowed and knowledgeable about these things. There there are no coincidences. So, um, but yes, I mean, I'm very thankful for that experience. Um, what I had with her with the Netflix show. Do you feel like? Because I know sometimes when you do shows or documentaries and you're not, you know, doing the production, like you're just part of it. Sometimes the best evidence is that you capture didn't like they didn't put it on the show. In other words, I was heartbroken that they didn't put that in there. And it didn't matter because I was involved, because in yeah. my opinion, I was like, you know how powerful this is? Because mm -hmm. if they actually put that whole thing in there, the validation of my psychic ability, telepathy, I mean, how unique it was. She's humming the song, and then I'm actually telling you I'm hearing the chords playing in my head. She's humming the melody, but I'm hearing the chords playing in my head. That psychic connection is so ridiculously unfathomable. Mm -hmm. and, and then to actually write the song and then to have that song playing at the end as i'm sitting there at the grave to end it like that i mean that would have been so astounding for people and really would have moved people and it doesn't have to be eccentrically scary mm -hmm. like it's some epic ending to a horror movie like like it doesn't always have to be like that but you know that's tv world you don't have control over these situations uh it kind of just you know, you're there, but I knew it didn't matter if it was on the show. I still had to like tell that story um, to as many people as I can, because it's very powerful. It's very emotional. Um, and I think it was important to do that. Um, and that's why I also like to do a lot of the stuff I do with Billy at scarenetwork.tv. I've done many documentaries. Um, and even recently, just, you know, um, this recent one we did Demon uh, Castle. It's just a very another strange um, thing that happened with this. You know, I was the owners asked me to come check out a castle uh, in upstate New York because it's haunted and they might want to renovate and live it in a couple of living in a couple of years. And right before I walked in, they decided to tell me that they found evidence of a ritual with a box with sigils on it with the word Odin on it. And I'm like, wow, before we walk in, I'm like, I don't know what we're walking into now. So then I walk into the castle with a, a buddy of mine, Eric, and, you know, immediately I had this vision of this woman spinning around like in a dance. And then when her face returns, it was just like black eyes. It just rah, just growled at me. And I tell my friend that this just happened. I explain it to him. And then we go upstairs into the attic and then right to the left of me. And he's to my right. And we're up in the attic. Like it literally sounded like a horror movie sound effect box. Like a literally guttural growl came out of nowhere in midair. 
and we captured it on on audio and it's kind of like on the beginning of the documentary and that was kind of like the beginning of this whole crazy thing with this odin element and i ended up doing the exorcism ritual on this castle and there's so much evidence and creepy things that happen um but then this thing would follow and reference and other investigations and you know right around in the middle of the summer after i'd done the exorcism ritual on the castle like once again it starts coming through and saying i'm odin i have this evp it's undeniable it's screaming i'm odin and i found out just in the same time that the suspect in this very infamous true crime tragedy the delphi murders that the suspect just said that he didn't kill the, the, the girls that they, they were sacrificed ritualistically up to odin so i'm like to me that's kind of like a strange proximity alert to me because i'm like this is the first time i've gone onto a case where there's some sort of occult practice using the word i mean i've known about odin to some degree you know with you know norse mythology and you got thor and all that stuff. i mean a big marvel fan and stuff like that right. but, you know, i mean this was kind of just in close proximity like wow this is kind of weird so when it came up again i decided just one day i'm like you know what i'm gonna look into this case a little bit and once again i thought it was really strange that the girls disappeared the two girls on the train by the train tracks back in 2017 once again what date february 13th my birthday and like i i just like at this point these are just two big connections to me and i'm like i have to go to that crime scene because there, there's there's some sort of reason something's calling me there there's just too much so i decided and planned out that i was going to go to delphi to check out the crime scene now the week before I believe that the girl Libby's spirit was with me and I was having visions and things being said to me, um, you know, such as, you know, um, you know, my mom always told me not to talk to strangers. We did bad. We did bad. And then she had, you know, um, things like that. And when I got there to the crime scene, these EVPs were just so crazy. Um, there was an EVP that literally said, you know, I didn't want her to go. And like intuitively what I was, picking up if you know about this crime is that these two girls went to the train tracks i think to meet some potentially cute boy but it wasn't a cute boy it was i think it was some sort of catfish devious you know evil intentions with these girls and um i think that libby felt guilty that her friend was there with her that day to support her and she didn't want her go and she may have forced her to go or something to that nature and i feel like that's why libby's soul was more prominent earthbound because of that guilt mm. um and um anyways um but i ended up praying for her and sometimes you know a lot of the times i'll get a psychic clairvoyant image of a white dove which would be a female crossing over or a white horse and i just offered a prayer and, and in that moment i really didn't know um but it was like super creepy being there and it was getting dark and like the human element of this whole crime and like townspeople being involved in odinism and stuff like i don't know what's going on i'm more scared of people real people than i am like yeah. creatures from other dimensions i'll take that on. i mean like yep um, agreed agreed <laughs> yeah. so i'm driving back and i just got this burst of a good feeling out of nowhere and i'm like wow i'm like did she cross over i just something felt really good to me mm -hmm. and then for the rest of the night i had this voice saying to me you took my virgin you swine and cursing at me and this and that and I'm just like, is that what it's referring to? Did I cross her over? So then, and this is at the end of the documentary, interesting enough, is that like I was in a place in Indiana just two weeks ago with a couple of friends of mine, and out of nowhere, it starts coming through again. And on EVP, it's saying demon on video, 
Castle, Exorcist, and Delphi. And then it goes and says uh, Virgin. And then it says the girl's name, Libby. And then I ask on the spirit box, what's the reference to, you know, taking, taking your virgin? And in a row in the spirit box, clear as day, it says Trap Soul freed her girl, one of them. And it's just like I had to put that in the documentary, too. So it's like that documentary to me is very unique. Once again, it's like a very unique location. Not many people have actually investigated this place. It's a castle that not many people know about. Mm-hmm. Then this whole Odin element, do the exorcism ritual there and all this crazy stuff that happened. And then there I am in Delphi, Indiana, with this other tragedy and this like this whole stream of events that led me there. It's like it's just it's mind blowing to me. But yeah. <laughs> It's nice to hear, yeah, and it's nice to hear that you're willing to put out those unique experiences. Um, I think it's important, you know. I mean, uh, you know, if it it brings spiritual awareness, you know, there is a lot of glorified methods out there of people mm -hmm. that are in the paranormal that makes a bad name for a lot of us, unfortunately, for the sake of materialistic reasons. Like everyone, everyone loves attention, but you know. Um, you know, I want to have the, I want to have the audience for the right reasons. And to mm-hmm. like, and for me, I want to be able to leave something behind and it, it, some sort of impact, like my predecessors that I respect, you know, people like the Warrens and Ralph Sarchi and, uh, you know, John Zaffis, um, you know, people that are respected and have been done many years. And I, I want to do something that's important that people will remember not just because I had a million gazillion followers. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's important to put out everything, not just what you think is going to get you a lot of reviews. That's yeah. unfortunately too many of the uh, do that. Yeah. So, and the, oh, go ahead, Glenda. No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, and the scare network that you're talking about, you wanna tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so my buddy started a new streaming platform, ScareNetwork.tv. Um, it's actually considered free now with ads like Tubi on Roku. Um, so you can watch actually Demon House, Demon Castle Part 1 for free now. And then tomorrow you'll be able to watch Part 2 for free in the afternoon as well. And there's a bunch of other stuff you can watch with commercials. Um, it'll be free with ads on other apps as like Fire Stick and Apple TV and so forth in the coming weeks. But yeah, if you have Roku, download the app for free and you can start watching a bunch of the content for free. I think that's, you know, a very easy thing to kind of let people know that they don't have to pay an extra five dollars to watch something. And it's exclusive content in a genre that they're probably interested in rather than just watching the the same old people in, in, in the TV shows that they just keep rehashing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, let alone. <laughs> You know, I I have artistic control and and really involved in the production of these creations, just like Demon Cats. I spent a lot of time and there's a lot of like, you know, really, really interesting, creepy, profound paranormal evidence, I believe, in in, in that um, documentary. And and I don't have to sit there and just, you know, cover half of my eyes when a a TV show goes up and like, oh, no, what are they going to do? What are they going to how are they going to present us or how, you know, you know. Uh, so I, I really enjoy doing those types of productions. We're actually going to film another documentary uh, next weekend. Nice. Awesome. You want to tell us about that? Or is it a surprise? <laughs> um, I will leave that one as a surprise. We okay. do have another documentary coming out about the Shanley Hotel, if you know about that one in New York. Yes. Um, not the one in Colorado, Stanley Hotel. Um, <laughs> 
but I've been there many times. I wrote about the Shanley Hotel in my second book, Shadow Chase of the In-Between. Um, really lovely owner. And interesting enough was that we went there right after the castle and then we had a continuation of that thing. Followed us to the Shanley Hotel and tried to do a hostile takeover to the entire investigation. Wow. Um, even, I know you said you like stories, I'll just throw it out there, but just to give you an example is that my buddy Chris, also a paranormal investigator, he's a cop in uh, Jersey. He came with us, he was at the castle and, um, you know, we ended up going to Shanley Hotel and um, actually our last night in the castle, I actually religiously provoked this thing, which you can see on the Demon Castle documentary. I wanted to prove exactly what we were dealing with. Um, that's the only time I really provoke. And, you know, I all of a sudden I saw a pig face in my mind's eye. My friend behind me started to smell urine. And then we, we heard a hiss, like a snake uh, behind us all in the same time in succession. So we're at Shanley Hotel. And my buddy Chris started to have a red mark appear, like a scratch on his neck. And they had taken a, a picture of him. And in the image, it looks like his uh, nose turned into a pig. Um, wow. It looks really weird. So then we're there the second night. And I'm asking upstairs in the abandoned third floor of the hotel, where you, which you can investigate, you know, what the hell was that on his face in the room? And then we literally heard a growl in the room with us. Um, it was audible. It wasn't from any device. I was just recording an EVP. And immediately right after that, there was a pack of dogs next to the hotel and they all started howling and barking. Wow. Oh, that's pretty wild. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been to, uh, the Shanley hotel. It's, it's pretty, um, yeah. It, it, there you have some nights that there's nothing but there's some nights that are yeah it could be quiet there sometimes yeah. but that's how it is for all these locations right. i always wanted to know why that is you know like when i first started investigating the paranormal i wanted to know why i would go to a location one night and it's absolutely insane mm -hmm. and then you go in there another night and you just hear the crickets mm -hmm. and you know there's a lot of interesting theoretical answers behind that you know so i looked up in about moon phases and there's a lot of paranormal researchers that have done you know things that they believe um moon phases would, would interact with increasing or decreasing certain nights with the paranormal activity right. and they had said that three days before a new moon or after a new moon uh, there'd be more activity and things of that nature and you think about how water is a conduit to paranormal energy and what the moon actually does to the water well the planet. yeah um, I think there's a real scientific answer um, of maybe there's some interaction with that. And that's why the veil's lifted more so on, on some nights more than others. Because mm -hmm. um, there's got to be an answer behind that. Because there is places I've gone. And I mean, for anyone who is an investigator, who's investigated places, sometimes it can be in a location literally the whole night and you will catch absolutely nothing. You go another day, another night and the activity is really really wild so yeah. sometimes it's a hit or miss and it doesn't mean that the place is not haunted it just wasn't active that day for whatever yeah. reason it may be i was just at this haunted prison once again in indiana last weekend and like the people that hold the tours there uh, the ladies like <laughs> it's never been this active ever in this place and like it was ridiculous actually interesting enough the stuff from the castle is coming through again um while i was there and like the stuff we were experiencing that night was just out of absolutely just unbelievable it was just constant consistent audible disembodied voices in the room and then actually hearing on the recordings and it was just it was just it was just really 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 crazy um uh i 
most of the time I, I do have a lot of stuff that typically happens with me. I think there's a part of the element of it because I always offer prayer for spirits. Mm-hmm. And when you involve yourself to that level and you step in the way of evil, you're not just trying to save a person in a house who's having like an evil spirit in their house. That's a soul that the devil's trying to get. But like, you know, in some of these cases I've done and even other documentary, that's, you know, definitely my most proud paranormal film project, very personal to me. Malefice is on scare network, which you can watch. Uh, you know, I believe I crossed over two female spirits from a demonic force and that, that shit was pissed. And it sat with me for like five years trying to mess with me and try to uh, mess with my personal life. And I had to go back there and investigate, validate my experiences and ultimately do an exorcism ritual in the house. But, you know, because of that element of really trying to take that extra step to help spirits, I really do believe that they will be more uh, with effort, reciprocally speaking, to give you more evidence. The energy will be heightened um, because of that. it's not just we're going in there and say, hey, do a backflip for us. You know, we want to help you. No, no. That we typically want to help you is really like, can you just give me an EVP or just knock something over so I can take off for the night? I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, and these spirits know your intention. They know they can see yeah. your aura. Mm-hmm. That color, you know, represents a characterization of who you are emotionally and personally on a spiritual level. So, you know, these things know your intention. And, and an intention um, is such a profound element in the paranormal. Um, that's how people can also get themselves into trouble, whether they vocalize that or not. Subconsciously, the spirits know that and the deviant ones can use that against you and manipulate the situation for them. Mm-hmm. It's very true. I, I, when I go, I usually ask for permission before I walk in. And then once I got the OK, I'm like, I'm just here to help get right. your story and help. Right, right. Uh, you know, I'm not here to provoke. I'm not here to to go crazy on you. I, you know, I wouldn't want somebody coming to my house and saying, "Oh, I need this. I want this. I want this." I'd be throwing them out. Right. Well, also remember that that they're they're stuck for whatever that reason. They're an earthbound soul, and I mean, I would say most of the time, they're there because it's unfinished business, or they're stuck, or they're scared of judgment for the life mm-hmm. that they once lived. So, like, we got to show them respect. Right. Um, yeah. and they need to be able sure. to feel that to to be more trusting to you and mm-hmm. be willing to use their energy to actually manifest around you or while you're there whatever location you are that night right very true mm-hmm. very true and a lot of uh, investigators do go with just wanting them to put up a show for them you know and like you said spirit knows what you're up to um and sometimes it's maybe why they don't want to like interact with us Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. They know. Besides the ones that just want to mess with them and just, you know, you have to understand that acknowledgement does give energy to spirits. So the Mm -hmm. ones that are really seriously desperate for that and ones that are that have no choice, they'll come forward and and, and say stuff because that connection, it it makes them feel like they're human again. And that's why they're acknowledged. Right. And they, they, they're earthbound because they haven't let go of the human life they once lived. So that, that whole element is, you know, <laughs> it's very, uh, um, you know, profound in that nature when it comes to like, you know, spirits and their, what they're willing to do or not do as well. Very true. Very true. Now, um, though, these are awesome experiences. I, I can't wait to go and really sit down and watch more of this stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, another documentary we did on ScareNetwork.tv is a very interesting, unique story is my personal experiences having to do with the Amityville case. 
um, you know, the documentary and actually Ralph is in it with me. He was there in front of the house with me. And actually what ended up happening is that years ago, I ended up streaming uh, first at the DeFeo grave family uh, grave. And um, all of a sudden I'm like, who's still here from the family? It says John. And I sat in my car because there's people around the cemetery. I don't want to interrupt them if they're visiting loved ones. I sat there at the spirit box and this boy's voice kept on coming through and said, I'm John. I'm like, John, you know, obviously I know about demonic spirits disguising themselves. And I'm just like, John, do you want prayer? And he goes, yes, please. And I, in that moment, I know I knew that I was dealing with the human spirit because no demonic entity would ever want you to pray for any reason. So so I, prayed, I prayed for that kid. And then that was when the beginning of the weird things having to do with the Amityville case began before me. I went home, I went to sleep and um, I had this vision. That I was inside the um, Amityville house and at the second floor, there were three perfect shadow figures. And I yelled out to them, if that boy John DeFeo is still stuck here in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to let him go. And this piano from an adjacent room picks up and throws at me. I felt the jolt of it, wake up and see a black mist go through my ceiling. I look at the time and it's 3.15 in the morning, the time of the alleged murders. Wow. And I would have reoccurring dreams about the house, see the black mist, go through the ceiling, wake up 3.15 in the morning. It would happen all over in this stuff about the Amityville. I have George Lutz's voice on a spirit box saying Amityville stole my soul. I compared his voice to his real voice on an interview. It's identical. His personal friend watched the documentary. She dropped her phone when she got to that part uh, while she was like, you know, in her living room watching it. She's like, that's him. Um, it, there's a lot of really weird, interesting stuff. And I think that's what makes that documentary special too, is that it's, most do Amityville documentaries just here to tell you the story and then mm -hmm. say, oh, is this a hoax or not? Um, no, this is the story of Amityville and this is my personal experience. And this is the evidence, the paranormal evidence that I believe is unique to my personal story. I mean, actually, one of the clips we have, if you watch the trailer in Amityville, the resurgence, you can look it up. You know, me and the filmmaker, we're right in the car, the infrared camera. And there's a ball of light that actually comes from outside. From outside in the it's December, it was like 30 degrees out, no bugs, nothing. Flies around the car and comes actually through the glass, through the windshield, into the car. And I'm following it around in the front seat. And until it got close to my camera, and my camera shut off, shut off right afterwards. Um, and I'm just like, there I am right in front of the Amityville house. I'm not even in it. Stuff's following me home. And, you know, my opinion about that case is that. You know, maybe, of course, Hollywood always exaggerates, but I'm going to tell you right now that that story is somewhat cursed. It's like you bring it up, you talk about it, things start happening. It's it, And I've had many strange things having to do with that case, and I base that on my personal experiences. And if you want to watch more about that, um, watch that on scarenetwork.tv as well. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. I know. I have enough ghost stories for like 10 lifetimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but they're unique and they're and that's what's good about it. It's not like you said, not the same thing over and over. Right, for that story specifically. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So. Speaking of ghost stories, can you tell us a little bit more about your books, what they're about? Yeah, my first book is just my kind of like a little autobiography of my beginning journey. It's just maybe a little bit the beginning of my life and how I started getting involved in the paranormal, the first paranormal experiences that I started to have. The second book would be more of that and more cases and more investigations that I was going on that stuck out to me that were really interesting and fascinating. Hmm. Do you have a favorite place? Oh, sorry, Glenda. Do you see yourself writing more or? Um, I've thought about it. Um, 
I've thought about it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not on my like radar right now, but yeah, I've thought about maybe doing like a third book about something at some point. Good, good. Go ahead, Moon Girl. Do you have a favorite place you've investigated or would like to go that you haven't? If I'd like to go, I mean, obviously my personal stakes, I mean, I, I wish that I could just have 24 hours in the Amityville house, just sleep there. I don't care if I was by myself because that story is so fascinating yeah. and because of my personal involvement, because of everything that's happened to me, that just makes it even more of mm -hmm. that case. Um, I mean, favorite places. I don't know. I love going to new places. I, I mean, people ask me that question a lot. And I'm just like, I, I there's nothing more that I like going to a place and not knowing what I'm yes. going to encounter. Yes. It's kind of like that thrill that, mm -hmm. that part of like, you know, um, cause of course there's places that are really active that I've gone to. Um, but when you go to that new location and like, wow, what is going to happen tonight? That, un that, um, not knowing. Uh, yeah. the unknown to, to the, the investigation, your experiences or the spirits that may visit me prior yeah. to even going in a dream or in my bedroom or whatever. Um, all that's interesting. And it's just like, just like, again, like the castle thing, it's like, I was not expecting that at all. And I, it, I was really glad that we were able to tell a story about a place that many people probably didn't know about. And it was a castle and like everything that happened to me is, you know, the whole case is just so mind blowing, so fascinating, so emotional, so scary, so unsettling all at once. Um, that, that that excites me, you know, like just being a part of something that's unique and and and, and encountering these spirits and helping spirits and, and all the things that come with it. And then being able to share that story with others and, and, and um, you know, makes a difference, uh, whether it's one person or many people and all of our discussions talking about spirituality, it's, uh, it's all part of that process. And I, I, you know, I want to be helpful in that journey, but you know, every location is unique to its, its own. But I think that's why, what I really like is when you end up going to a place, it's like not the one you have to keep returning to. It's like that new one that just comes out of nowhere. And it just, it totally just shocks you and surprises you. And it's like, becomes like an un unforgettable experience that you'll never, um, ever uh, let go of in the back of your mind. <laughs> I, I like going to places that I never even heard of because obviously, you know, we're all part of the paranormal community. So we know of, you know, this place is haunted or, you know, the big places in other words. But when I'm sent to go to a place that I actually never even heard of. So, you know, that's really interesting to me because everything's super organic. There's no research on it. You've never heard about the place. So whatever you feel or uh, see or whatever, you know, it's organic. You know, I think that's really cool. I love doing that. Do you ever go to places that you have no knowledge of? Mm hmm yeah i mean just again just like the castle like i walked in had a vision of this lady and you know with the growl and then five minutes later we're being growled at captured on audio and then literally actually on the video i didn't even know until on review yellow eyes show up watching me in in the castle in the room and they they open up and they blink and it was on the second floor no car lights nothing and then 10 minutes later I'm yelling out in the hallway. I just saw two yellow glowing eyes watching me. And then I literally said, what, what just was watching me in that spirit box? It goes, you know, it looked back the serpent. It looked, you know, so then I, 
I have visual evidence. I have, I'm mentioning I saw it myself. And then the spirit box is saying the same freaking thing. It's like experiences like that. It's just like, it's just it's so wild. Um, that, that's really stands out to me when things like that happen. Very true. I'm like you guys, I don't really like to research before I go anywhere. And I like to go to the places that are unknown and I do a lot of private. Mm -hmm. Places where, right, where they, uh, the owners don't really want the excitement of being haunted, <laughs> but mm -hmm. they want For the publicity. Yeah, yeah. They just want to know what's in there so they can try to deal with it. And mm -hmm. usually I, I called in to try to negotiate both sides, especially if it's uh, uh, what I believe to be like a Native American guardian or something like that, which is guarding the land. They're they're not going to leave. They're going to stay there, <laughs> keeping an eye on the land. So uh, yeah, I mean, Native Americans, mm -hmm. they 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 appreciated this place they loved this planet they had such a deep connection with nature and i think that ties into spirituality i think that if you're a truly a spiritual person, you feel this oneness and connection to nature um and there's such a respect for that and i think that's why a lot of them stay earthbound because they just love this place and they may actually be able to perceive that in the way it actually looked to them when they were alive Right. Um, and I, I think that's very, uh, a very special thing and nothing but respect to, to that element, too. And and they keep they try to keep the negative away from. Yeah. Place, so which really is helpful for the owners, uh, whoever's living there or about to live in there. Sure. So we come up with something that is good for both sides, that they could both live so everybody can live peaceful and. In, you know, as much as you can live peaceful on planet Earth, right? right yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> let's face it, peaceful as much as that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, do you? Uh, oh, go ahead. Do you have any upcoming events or paranormal investigations you're going to be doing this year? It's the new year, so I'm sure you have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, or at least I, I'm looking into like more events later on in the year. My first event of the year is actually in two weeks at the Bell Mansion. The entire cast of the 28 Days Haunted um, show oh. is going to be there. It's for a whole weekend. Um, it's in two weeks. Um, so I'm excited about that and actually to see everybody again. Um, so that's the first event. Um, I go every year to the Gettysburg Battle Bash, typically in July. Um, but I'm looking into um, other events and, and um, figuring out which ones I'm going to um, jump on. We love Gettysburg here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guys, I love Gettysburg. It's the whole place is like supernaturally just it it emanates is. off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I went in, I went again um, September, like the 15th or something. I was there for like a week. And me and my friend went to one place. She has it on her phone. I don't even remember the name of that place. And we got off and we heard drums. But you know, sometimes they have reenactments. So I didn't, it was really loud that we didn't even like think it was spirits. We actually thought it was real drums. Like, so we didn't even care. Like, oh, okay. It got louder and louder. And then we would hear like people yelling or, or throwing like orders. So we even like drove the car around and we're like, well, there's nothing there. So we went back and we heard. You know, she caught it on her phone, which is crazy because she was behind me, further behind me. Her husband was next to me. 
we were hearing it so we were closer and we tried to film it uh we didn't get anything but she got it and then we actually played it to Safas, Johnny, and Johnny's like, hey, the beginning is like the battle drums, mm -hmm. and towards the end was the, the death drums. Mm -hmm. And then she also caught uh, an apparition. And years back, the same place where she caught that apparition, I did too. So all this was just kind of like full circle. It was really, really neat. It was really neat. So that place is really, really yeah, haunted. And this was, was daytime. Yeah. It wasn't even night. It was daytime. And then when we had gone the time before i mean i've seen orbs all of us seen orbs but these were coming out of the ground up they were shooting up and i was like wow that's really really interesting so yeah that place is definitely really haunted i remember one time i came out of a hotel with a friend of mine at the time and we were just throwing our suitcases in the bag in the middle of gettysburg and literally i heard this woman like nobody was around 11 o'clock in the morning paranormal paranormal He's like, yeah, out of midair. I'm like, cock-a-doodle freaking do. <laughs> I'm like, that's Gettysburg for you. It's just like, it's everywhere. It is. We even took something back with us in the hotel. We were sharing a room. And so my room was separate from theirs. And we're all getting ready to go to bed. And I was in my room and it has a little door. And I got this really eerie feeling that somebody was watching over me. And then I see this man in the corner like the shadow and i felt really uneasy i felt like it was angry it wasn't and it was just upset mm -hmm. or even i had turned on the light i was calling my friend courtney that you know too amazing yeah. historian so shout out to courtney we love you um and i was like hey guys i think there's something here and then next she didn't answer me she was asleep and the next morning i told her about it she's like yeah i told my husband that there was something here with us too i was like that's crazy it like bounced from your room to my room and back and forth all night long so yeah it, it was it's wild there for sure mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah all the time it's great <laughs> love it <laughs> and, and that's Special yeah that's place. one of those places where no matter what time you go like seven, oh. oh yeah oh yeah 100%. well i mean ghosts don't care they show up to you day night it doesn't matter you know there's always a misconception like oh my god you're gonna catch so much stuff only if you go to a place at nighttime that's not true ghosts are you know they don't care anytime they want to show themselves uh they will yeah there's no time for them so yeah no time frame they don't <laughs> no have to eat dinner yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, so you plan to go next week and then you have Gettysburg. Um, is yeah, there any place that you're really looking forward to to maybe go in, like from what you have seen so far that um, has been announced? Or is there. I'm actually tomorrow, I'm going to investigate the Monroe House. It's been on my bucket list for years. I've heard about it for so many years. So I'm finally checking that out. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to the place we're going to next weekend um, to do this documentary. Like, mm -hmm. it's very unique. Again, it's not your typical thing and the experiences that are going on in this place. Um, it's going to be, you know, something, uh, you know, <laughs> I think there's going to be some weird stuff going on. Um, also, got we like weird. <laughs> we like weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane Pittman and Josh from the Searchers. Uh, Shane's been on uh, Holter Files and Twenty Days Haunted with me. Uh, they're part of it. They're coming next week, um, so we're uh, we're really excited to check out this really uh, unique spot, and uh, we'll probably post about it maybe uh, next week just to let let everyone know where we are. Um, but um, yeah, that's that. I'm definitely um, anxious to see what what unfolds with 
that place. Um, there's such an assortment of possibilities of what energies might be residing there. So now the place you're going with the cast, all of the cast from 28 Days Haunted, is that going to be like filmed or is it a special or is it just you guys doing your own thing? I think there's a VIP thing where we're going to do an investigation with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like a whole con where there's vendors all day on Saturday, oh, I believe. Cool. It's, it's a whole weekend type of thing. Oh, okay. Bellmansionllc.com or Bellmansion. Look mm -hmm. it up, get more information about that. But that'll be uh, in two weeks on that weekend. Nice. nice. Now, is there anything that you haven't spoken about that you want to let our audience know or? I mean, um, I'm actually posting, I'm going to start getting into like doing my own little edited like episodes for YouTube outside of the documentaries I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I got one posting tonight, um, at six 30. Um, but by this time this airs, uh, it'll be up there anyways. But, um, it was actually a little investigation that happened like two years ago, summer of 2022, uh, almost two years. Um, I was informed about a decapitated ram's head that was found in the woods in connecticut with some melted candles and white powdered figure on the floor mm -hmm. so the i was um introduced to the gentleman that um discovered it in the woods so we actually ended up going there um and doing a little investigation uh for a couple of hours and there's some really creepy unsettling things uh that, that we got coming through about the uh the ritual in there it was it was uh, pretty weird, um, but uh, yeah, I posted that video, um, and I'm going to continuously put stuff on my YouTube um, of little investigations that I do outside of the documentary. So definitely check me out. Just type in Sean Austin Paranormal, it'll pop right up. Okay, perfect. Can you tell us again where like the audience can find you, your platforms? Yeah, absolutely. You want me to send it to you guys? Oh, no, like just say it right now just so they can. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of my social medias uh, at Sean D. Austin, like it says, that's for Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter. And then for YouTube, just type in, um, you know, Sean Austin Paranormal or it'll pop up. I don't think, I think I'm the only person with the name Sean Austin in the paranormal field, at least. <laughs> I, know I get confused with the guy from the Goonies, Sean Aston, all the time. <laughs> Especially since I got a blue check on Instagram, like there's people massively tagging me in Sean Aston posts and like, oh my god, I loved you in Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, that's just like hilarious. Um, but yeah, other than that, well, you yeah. do more views at least. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, Sean D. Austin as well.com. You can get um, both of my books some signed copies of that or signed um, some of my DVDs. I mailed them out anywhere in the U.S. And if you want copies of my books and you live outside the U.S., you can get them off Amazon. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes. We appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate um, as and well. Likewise. Looking forward to hearing more uh, later when you do more of these events and uh, please come back. Yeah. want to say thank you to the audience for following us please reach out to sean if you have any questions or all his stuff it's very interesting and unique you buy his books his books yeah just remember it's unique and like he said it's weird <laughs> we like weird. Aquarius, we Aquarius like love weird. weird. Okay, I'm a Gemini. I like weird too. Well, we're so. air signs. Yeah, we're the best ones out there. No. <laughs>
<laughs> the smartest ones actually, to be honest, because just <laughs> So thank you very much and uh, till next time again blessings we love you bye, bye.